All right, so years from now, you'll be looking back. You'll remember where you were when you saw that kind of high-end talent on display, the once-in-a-lifetime performance. Yes, I'm setting up for a terrible joke to start the show. You'll remember where you were, damn it, when Matt Kalman joined Sunday Skate here on April the 15th, 2018. Matt, we welcome you to the family. Oh, thanks a lot, and I appreciate my predecessor leaving me his kale because uh, I, I need that in the, in the morning for my protein. Yeah, oh, Ty left you a little gift? Of course. Okay, well, uh, the Bruins have been... Uh, just rolling through the Leafs here through two games, so I'm not sure we have a ton to, to fight about here this morning, but just what a beatdown. I guess I'll just chastise myself. Why was I picking the Leafs in seven? Why was anybody picking the Leafs to win this series? I don't know if you were. I don't know what your pre-series prediction was, but this is embarrassing. What an embarrassment of Toronto through two games. It really is an embarrassment. I think people are picking the Leafs because they uh, forgot what the Bruins were for four months and saw those last two weeks and said, oh, this team isn't ready for the postseason. But as we've seen so many times this year that when every time they don't look like uh, they're playing that well or they look like they're uh, you know going to be in trouble, uh, you take four or five guys out of this lineup, they still win. So when they're all together, pretty much healthy, hard to beat. Not just the last week. I mean, the last game specifically. Even yeah. if you just tuned in for game 82 and you saw, okay, you have a chance to win the East. To, to be the top seed and play the Devils. I thought that would have been a slam dunk series, you know, four or five games. Uh, right now the Lightning are making it look like that would have been the case. They're up 2 nothing in that series as well. But you, what happened? And so that plus, really, you know, the two things that sold me on Toronto as a real threat in this series coming in, one was the season series, yeah, which I guess uh, uh, the bulk of it was a long time ago. Right. Looked, I mean, it was a home-and-home home back in November. And the lineups were, were a lot different. Lineups were a lot different. Of course, the Bruins, you know, were still trying to put it together in November. Yeah. But they lost. Mm-hmm. They blew a 3-2 lead at Air Canada Center in yeah. February, I right. think. The goalie interference game. It so. should have been the goalie interference, right. which was, at least it was a close game. Yeah. That, though, plus last year in the playoffs where Toronto showed up. They mm-hmm. had a bunch of young guys playing against the President's Trophy winning Capitals in round one, and they yeah. took five of the games to overtime. And, I'm, right. and you're just thinking, okay, this, you can see Toronto does not have much on the back end defensively. Right. But it's been a great year for Anderson, and they've got offense, and, they, and they're coming waves. Right, but the Bruins have the, have a lot more firepower right now. I mean, they just like you said, they they don't have much on the back end there, and they they just they just have no answer. And it's not just the line that had fourteen points in the game last night. It's it's all four lines, and it's, you know especially that second line, Krejci and, and Nash are clicking right now. And uh, Toronto has no answer as far as defense, and then you know they they relied so much on their goalie this year. It was almost like Dominic Kashuk revisited with them, uh, him standing on his head so many nights, and now uh, he's not doing it, and they're finding out how, yeah, how, yeah. what life is like that Was way. that the Leafs recipe? It was yeah. Anderson, Anderson bailed them out. Oh, yeah, 40 shots a night, you know, bailed them out. It's, uh, Their power play was a factor most nights. It has obviously. not been so far. Right, exactly. They, you know, they, they, had a, they have great offensive firepower. Their power play is ridiculous, and uh, the goalie had a great year, but sometimes that doesn't work in the postseason, that formula. I mean, are the Bruins this good or are the Leafs this bad? I, I, yeah, I mean, th- <laughs> I mean, the Bruins are this good. I think the Leafs aren't as bad, and I think uh, we shouldn't be pr- planning the parade right now. I, I don't want to ruin anybody's morning, but uh, it's a long series. It's We've seen this before. We've seen teams take 2-0 leads. We know what happened uh, the famous year 2011 when the Bruins were in this position, down 0-2, you know, so... It's, uh, to Montreal, were people writing them off as dead? Oh, uh, yeah, I wrote them off as dead, you know, so... Uh, it's the way it goes. I mean, this, it's going to be a different, you know, a different world in Toronto. First of all, the atmosphere. Second of all, the matchups. I don't think Mike Babcock got one matchup he wanted this whole series. And when he did, maybe he got it like twice. I remember last night there was one early shift where Austin Matthews line was out against McQuaid and Grizzlick, and you figure, okay, this is where they're going to take advantage. And they had some zone time, but they didn't really have any chances. And 
from there, you know, they, they couldn't play the matchup game, but they'll be able to get that matchup game a little bit in Toronto. And, uh, you know, obviously the Bruins are, are due for a fall. If I don't think you're going to have six points tonight from David Pasternak, you might maybe three or four, but not six. Well, uh, back up to Matthews for a second, because that's <laughs> a lot of people's reaction would have been, where's Austin Matthews just yeah. through the first two games? And I agree with you. You would have expected right. Mike Babcock, yeah. the $50 million coach, to be able to get the matchup he wants, even on the road from time to time. Matthews actually, like, Corsi numbers were pretty good last night. That line was a factor, yeah. I guess, mostly due to the second period. Exactly. The second period, third period, I mean, they're doing the, you know, shoot from everywhere, throw the kitchen sink. And let's face it, the Bruins did drop off a little bit. I mean, Tuka Rask, I know it might, uh, in sports radio circles, it might be uh, taboo for me to say this, but Tuka Rask had a great game, even though he gave up three goals. He saved them. I yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> the, the bashing of Rask, I haven't heard it as much this yeah. year as, as maybe some other people have portrayed it. I agree with you. He's, yeah. he's almost been a non-factor in the I mean, series so far. I mean, that, but that game last night, I mean, when he was 5-2, could have been 5-3, 5-4. They went on the power play. He made a couple of great saves. A couple, of, He made that one with his stick. He did. That uh, He needed it. I mean, they needed it right there. We thought he was going to – he might almost got up to – we thought he was going to get up to about 40 saves, but I think the uh, the Leafs just ran out of gas. The grass has been just fine. Exactly. There'll be no more Ty Anderson on the show. Just just, <laughs> just scrub that from the record. Uh yeah, no, I don't. I mean, I, I'm pre, I feel pretty confident saying Hudobin would have won both these games. I mean, they've, they've skunked them. Uh, you're right. Yeah. There were a couple of nice saves from Rask there when when exactly. Toronto the, was the, looking to the take the momentum control. was shifting, and we've seen so many times the playoffs these big comebacks, and uh, even at four nothing, he needed some good saves early in the second period, and that's what you need. I mean, you know what the alternative from Tuka Rask is? The alternative is Freddie Anderson. Where was he? Where was he? <laughs> yeah, he got pulled. I don't know if he should have been pulled after an own goal. I wouldn't say yeah. that was his fault. Well, it was his fault. I mean, geez, he it was. He, he he nonchalanted it. He needed to, he needed to keep that. What out. is Zaitsev doing? I mean, yeah. what a horrible performance uh. from Zaitsev last night. For the, if you're a Leafs fan, in Game One, their top defensive pairing just got totally worked. Yeah, well, their top defensive pairing is a good number two pairing on a, on a good team. That's what, that's what it comes down to. Is what we've seen uh, pretty much all season, and that's why. To get back to your question, I don't know why you would pick the Leafs to win this series. I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, it's hard, especially and especially now. Obviously, if you knew in, in hindsight that it wouldn't be any Kadri. Well, that's the other thing. Now that you said the matchups are going to switch in Toronto, and yeah. if you're Mike Babcock, that's your big piece, right? You get yeah. him out there against the Bergeron line. This that's line that has 20 right. points through two games, now what do they do? Yeah, exactly. I mean, the only chance they have right now is if they do split up Matthews and Nylander. They did it last night, and if you have two lines that are at least an offensive threat, you put a little bit of pressure on the Bruins. I mean, we know that the, the Bruins, if there is a weakness here, it's it's the second pair. We don't know if Krug and Miller can sustain it against high-end talent. We've seen them do it in spurts, and if they can you know, do it in, in the type of minutes that you have to play in a playoff game. And uh, that's Toronto's only hope at this point. Just throw everything you can at them. Tell us what you think. Are the Bruins this good or are the Leafs just terrible? Terrible. And did I and others overlook this? 617-779-7937 here on Sunday Skate, presented by Star Market, Ken Laird, and Matt Kalman, who is a Bruins writer of some reputes going back for many, many years. I believe you were at the Esposito four-goal, six-point game in 1969 against Toronto, the other... Uh, Oh yeah, one, one was, of two other Bruins games. I was forty years old and uh, in 1969, and uh, you know, already spitting up my hot takes like before, you wouldn't believe. Esposito was also the other Bruin to have nine points in the first two games of a series. Pasternak has tied that. That's NHL history, not just Bruins history. That 69 series against Toronto, he had six points in Game One, three in Game Two, and I, I don't know. We're not going to break down like all-time Bruins lines going back, but you're looking at now Bergeron. Marchand and Pasternak being quickly in a year thought of as one of the great lines in Boston Bruins history, right up there sure. with Esposito's line. I mean, yeah, and they've got, been that dominant this year. Yeah, and you got to give uh, Bruce Cassidy credit for committing to this. I mean, he wanted some balanced lines early in the year, and uh, we saw the kids, you know, DeBrusque and Bjork playing with those lines, and it was crazy with Pasternak, and 
at some point they just committed to uh to That's having amazing. this, having this top heavy line. Anders Bjork was thought to be the top <laughs> winger of right. this team to start the year. Exactly. Well, top winger to play on the top line anyway. I mean, I think they thought they were looking at looking at a one and one A situation with the lines, and uh, they just went uh, this pasta knock you know route. And uh, yeah, give him credit. I mean, let's face it. There's a lot of responsibility that comes with that line, and uh, he's embraced it. You know, some guys we won't name names about players that have been traded from here wouldn't necessarily commit to that, and. Uh, He's willing to play both ways. He's willing to uh, to learn, and I think uh, that's the biggest thing that these guys love playing with him. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't terrible in last year's series against Ottawa, but he right. had a couple of bad penalties, and yeah, there were and, obviously some tweaks they were right. And he him. just wasn't dynamic. I mean, he had a couple goals, but th- th- this wasn't what he was doing last last year with the you know, and obviously against Ottawa, a different matchup, a tougher team. But I'm not going to give him any excuses. He needed to be a, a guy who could carry this team, and and uh, he didn't do it last year. Well, last night the, the goals. I mean, just real quickly to run through the Pasternak six point night. I mean. They were all awesome, like, hands in tight. None of them in, were, yeah. like, individually, I guess, going to go down as the greatest goals of all time. But right. Just the sheer quantity of it. He right. had, the, were the three assists? He had primary assists, too? I think they were, like, uh, he was the first guy on, uh, like, the Kevin Miller goal. He got an assist on, but that's just kind of a fluke. That was the, the own goal. Right. He got yeah. he, he got the primary assist on the, on the Rick Nash goal, yep. which I guess was a good pass. I mean, he... yeah. He th- uh, threaded the needle there through the point somehow. Right. And uh, the other one, I don't even remember. The yeah, other one was goal. on the Krejci goal. Yeah, the Krejci tip. So they were in the middle of a line change. Krejci went to the net and Pasternak blasted one. And he, oh, Krejci that's right. It, it was, in, it was so. kind of a big blast from the yeah. point also. Which is kind of a, and it was kind of a messed up line change that could have easily uh, ended up with too many men, but they had some heads up play there. And... Uh, then they had the big shot. Well, there, I mean, there were some people saying he's got to have a big series. I thought yeah. maybe Marshan more than him, but like whatever yeah. you cut it, they all all three of them are having a big series so yeah. far. And he's the difference maker. I mean, let's face it, the things he can do, not to knock anybody on that line, obviously, but when he's really clicking and, and playing the way he is right now, it makes it a whole lot, a whole lot of difference there. Um, is there any other best lines in Bruins history recently? Forget about going back to the 70s. Is there even any, uh, a close second? I mean... I mean, well, they, they, they are the downside of that is they they still before this playoff ends could be thought of as top heavy. That yeah, was that was a thought right, going exactly. in. Well, you know, I mean, uh, let's see. I've been here. I've been here thirteen years, and uh, you had Savard, Kessel, Lucic. Did you like that one? Yeah, uh, that, was that was a pretty good ever. one. Uh, Sagan with Bergeron and Marchand was pretty good. And and, uh, and eventually, I guess you're gonna have to win a cup to back that up. Right, exactly. Point. And you know, and when Brett Conley was with Bergeron and uh, oh, Marchand, you couldn't terrible. stop them. I mean, the Brett Conley era. I love. I can't believe he actually went to like Washington and had a good year afterwards. <laughs> yeah. That was the biggest shocker of all. Exactly. Well, I mean, the Cad- the Cadre hit still hangs over the series a little bit. If the Leafs were hoping to get back into it, he was going to be a big part at Air Canada Center. Now they don't right. get him. But I guess the- here's the caveat: they could potentially the desperation factor. You throw out all the cliches for Game Three. You would expect they show up and win that game. I'm not Obviously, saying you know. Yeah. I'm not saying, it's and they're a really good home easy. team. They won yep. sixteen of the last eighteen at home. They're uh, they're really more confident and play better there for sure. I mean, and we've seen it against the Bruins. The Bruins haven't won there since two thousand sixteen. So even if they split there and they come back three to one, right. and then they get Kadri back for Game Five, that right. will be a boost for them. Yeah, it you should could be a paint, boost for them. You could paint a scenario where this goes back to Air Canada Center for Game Six. It's three two. And you're still a little uneasy about it, even though you've sort of dominated right. the early part of the series. Yeah, I mean that's when it always shifts. We always feel that little weird shift where you say a team's up three to one. They shouldn't. They they actually the shift the pressure kind of does shift to that team three one at home because you don't want to do that. Go to go on the road for game six, you know, and and try to close out there. So that uh, that's always an interesting caveat, especially with a team of five rookies. I mean, we can't overlook that. I don't think, even though it doesn't, you don't see it, but you never know what can happen. Some guys at at some point might get spooked, but even though. 
We haven't seen it all season, no matter what they do with these guys. True. And more on that in a minute, because Jack Edwards was talking about the rookies last yeah, night yeah. and some of the behavior of it. But you got, on top of that, you've got, like, I mean, the national media, not just shows here in Boston are going to be ripping the Leafs. But, <laughs> Carter, do you have that clip of uh, Roenick between periods? It wasn't, like, well, this it was the, the most blistering thing ever. But he and Milbury, pretty steadily, Milbury, I, I caught some of the end of the game. And, he, yeah. you know, just on replay, he was... He was trashing the Leafs pretty good. Like, where's when is this team going to show up? Here's Ironic between after the first period last night where they gave up four goals. Now, I know the Leafs don't have Nazem Kadri, but what happened here? Where is that push? Well, you saw the Flyers. They're committed mentally and physically. I want you to tell me if the Toronto Maple Leafs were mentally and physically committed to play this hockey game. Everything that the Bruins are doing right now is, is working because they're all committed, whether it's coach, players, and that's what it takes to win hockey games in the playoffs. So, you know, it's more of this, you know, are they... Are they showing up? Yeah, I mean they have the Stones to play right. against the physical team. Exactly. I hate the I hate the, the block st- shots. I'm not a big believer in block shots, but sometimes they're an indicator of the of what this guy of what Jr. is talking about there. The Leafs blocked four shots in the game last night. Are you willing to put your body on the line to win in a playoff game without Nazem Kadri? That's Kadri? amazing, actually. I mean, you, you've seen the Bruins how many times they've rallied this year when they lose guys to injury or suspension. The Kadri thing should have been a rallying cry for them, and then instead it just like took the air out of them. And you you, don't, you see that in every sport when guy goes out like that, they they feel that they've been offended by the fact that a guy suspended play they claim is clean. Right, good they, point. They, they rally around it. Toronto shows up and gives up four. Right, they get wagon in the first. After oh my that. god, that is a huge that suspension. I still can't believe that suspension. Yeah, I, I expected zero games, zero. Oh from really? The, from I the ex- history I, of the NHL yeah. with Toronto involved, I expected one. But you know what? I think. The Bruins got a break because of the Doughty suspension. Because if you're going to give Drew Doughty one game for what he did, you have to give Kadri more than one game for what he did if you're going to be consistent. And they were consistent. Because of Kadri's history or because of the, just the hit itself? Because of Kadri's history and the, both. Because, the, first of all, the hit is so predatory. I mean, you know, Doughty's coming from behind. He's he's coming at the side. There's there's the case where he hit some of the shoulder before he hit the head. I mean, that's a real borderline suspendable hit. Yep. So when Kadri does something that's obviously suspendable... Even admits that he's doing it in a retaliatory manner, which is what they really look for, is they want to see that you have the intent to injure. Yep. You have to give the guy at least a game, you know, at least more than what Dowdy got. And then, so it had to be at least two, and then they went three. And So let's say Marshan does something stupid in this yeah, series. How right. many games does he get? He's going to get probably about three. Three games. That's that's like yeah. ten games in the regular it season. It is. And you, you know what? It's about time. Games? It's about time. I'm tired of guys getting their brains crushed in the playoffs and people saying, oh, it's the playoffs. Let it go. I mean, it, it's about time they did this. I'm saying this playoffs. Let it go. I'd rather <laughs> see Nazem Kadri in the series. I want to be entertained. I don't want to see 4 nothing sweep. I was look forward to, looking forward to a good right. seven-game well, series. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the entertainment factor. And uh, I don't know. I guess I, I kind of enjoyed watching Pasternak rack up six points, too. So I'm fine with that. All right. Well, uh, I guess. But I, I still, I mean... The the complaint from Toronto seemed to be less that Kadri deserved it, but that Wingles got away with something on the first yeah. hit, you know, the elbow, which went for nothing. They could have. And Kadri got away with the low bridge on Rick Nash earlier in the game, and there's all kinds of things. Yeah, he kind of went like knee on knee on. Oh yeah, that was a, that was a dirty one too, and uh, it's it's just you know that's Nazem Kadri too. I think definitely the reputation. I think like you brought up Marshan. I think if Marshan did something stupid, that would be three games. If like Tim Schaller did something stupid, you might be looking more back at the one game. I mean, we're, I think but Wingles look- is no saint, right? I mean, they could have yeah. given Wingles a game for the elbow. I don't think he, it was, that was a punishment. It wasn't even a penalty on the ice, and I don't well, think. Yeah, I don't really have a problem with what Wingles did. I mean, I, th- I think uh, I think the biggest thing here too is that maybe the Maple Leafs need to stop treating Mitch Marner like he's a little baby. 
and let him play hockey because then you saw last night uh, Hainsey took that dumb penalty. Schaller nailed him. Yeah, it was a it was a pretty and good Hainsey hit, but he was him. falling before he even got there. And you know the guy's five foot one to begin with, so I mean just let the guy play hockey. And you know maybe they should focus on that. That was really a, a weak attempt to uh, to rally the team at that point. Well, that's been a, you can tell that's been one of Cassidy's keys to the series. They are hitting yeah uh, Marner and some of the young guys. At every point, James Myrtle from Toronto uh, tweeted out that Marner was hit six times in Game One. Most of anybody, they're they're obviously going right. hard at the young guys. Yeah, and Marner's getting and and to get back to the it. point of like commitment and physical, you know, exert, exertion here. Where's the Leafs hitting? I mean, the the game plan should the game plan should be throw the puck to the Krug or Grizzlick's corner and hit those guys. And we saw that you know these last two weeks that made you think the Bruins weren't going to win this series. That's what was happening. Those guys were getting smoked, and even before when before Carlo went out of the lineup, he was getting smoked every night. That's what teams were doing. They were getting physical with the Bruins, and the Leafs have uh, decided to uh, take a siesta on that. Uh, either they are not committed, either Ronick's right, or the Bruins' puck movement is just so quick, yeah. and and uh, they're preventing Toronto from having any of that. Right, but I think you know he was talking about that after the first period, and you know when you lose game one and you come out on the road. Second game down with down a game without Kadri. That's when you should be really throwing the body and, and nailing people. And we didn't see that at all. Well, the penalty was a killer. The second too many many men on the ice penalty <laughs> from the Leafs from, from yeah, Mike I mean, Babcock's Mike, team. Mike Babcock, he's going to go in the Hall of Fame for coaching, but not counting. I guess. I guess people were saying that that was a problem other places he's coached too. I don't know what the issue is. That maybe. was a crusher. That that the Bruskel. Yeah, maybe he needs a sixth finger or something. All right, I want to take Fred early here today on a Sunday skate because he's got a, a topic that I think if you're going to look to any possible sign of a comeback here, this is probably it. Freddie's in New Hampshire. He joins us on Sunday skate. What's up, Freddie? Say hello to Matt Calvin. Hey, Fred. On it, Matt. How's, How's it going? Again? Hey, uh, <clears throat> two games doesn't make a seven-game series, okay? Uh, do we remember 2011? Montreal was up two games and none. Matt just brought that up ten minutes ago. Come on, Freddie. All right. Well, uh, I love the game <laughs> last night. I love what they did. I love Rick Nash's play. Uh, but they were sloppy. Yeah, they Very were. sloppy. They were definitely sloppy. In that game. Absolutely. I mean, he, they had power plays, and they weren't pressing, and they they let up uh, shorthanded chances. Uh, you know, you know, nobody's going to call up today and say Rass made the saves when he had to make the saves, but he made the saves last he night did. when they needed them. Well, the post made and, one save. There was one post, yeah, but other than that, he made some great yeah. saves. You know what, too? I think the power play was maybe the only time they were exerting themselves when uh, when they had the lead, I think. But the rest of it was sloppy. You had that one play where Charlie McAvoy made that pass up the middle. It was so soft and ended up being a scoring chance the other way. You got saw a lot of that. A lot, a lot of sloppiness, and it's just uh, another sign that the Leafs are, are like we're, we're talking about. They're not committed right now because they should be taking advantage of this. I mean, this is the playoffs, and when you got a team that's that's kind of just dawdling around, you got to take advantage of it, and they haven't done that. So, Freddie, are you nervous? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Am I nervous? No, I, I want a cup, okay? And you just get a cup. You don't go up for nothing and let up plays like they let up last night. You don't do that. So. They can't go into this like, okay, we're up to nothing. They're going to hand it to you. They don't hand you anything in this in this league when you're going for the Stanley Cup. I, I think I the Leafs hope, have handed them plenty so far. I'll exactly. beg to differ I on hope, that. I hope the Bruins take a pil- pilgrimage to the, the Hockey Hall of Fame and go to the great room and see that cup because that's what you're playing for and that's what you want. Okay? And it, one last thing. Yeah. Okay? Um, Lonnie Anderson, the first game, it, uh, Marshawn went close <laughs> to him, and he went down like he got shot.
shot. Yeah. No embellishment there? What's the matter with this? I mean, embellishment was put in because of plays like that. Do you remember that play? I don't remember that. I can't get close to him. He went and he by flopped. him. Uh, What's that? He flopped, you're saying? I don't remember that. He flopped? Yeah. He went, he, Marshawn did, he just went, he, he could have blown on him, and he would have went down. <laughs> he just, he just went down in a heap. Yeah, well, you're, not, going, you're not going to call a penalty on him right now. He's, you know, he's, he's kind <laughs> of in right. a little bit of a trouble, so I don't think they're going to give him a, uh, I think they gave him a break for that because maybe he was maybe he was trying to get pulled. Because <laughs> at this at this point, that's probably his best. Uh... I bet Lonnie Anderson looks better than Freddie at this point. <laughs> exactly. I don't know where she is these days. She's right. still alive. Hopefully, she's still alive. <laughs> I've been trying to make a <laughs> let me check on that. But you know, as far as Frederick Anderson was a Vezina candidate. Yeah, after exactly. The season, right. I'm not sure how many votes he's actually going to get. Right. That was maybe the one thing I had for giving the Leafs a chance to push this to seven this time edge was goalie. Anderson. I edge mean, goalie for the Leafs. Yeah, well, I don't know about edge. I think even. I mean, you're, you're, not gonna, you're not going to get me to throw Tuka Rask under the bus. Yes, we will. No matter what happens here. Um, I know you gave me the uh, the sports radio hockey handbook where, you know, rule one, Rask equals not elite. And uh, I just, I mean, I think he's been fine. I mean, I think he's been good, but nothing. And the series of the season, you mean? Uh, well, both. Well, yeah, I mean, he's had, he's had a, really a good, good season, s- but they, they obviously managed his minutes enough. Who Dublin was the that's, star that's of the regular season. That's what it comes season. down to. You know what? Freddie Anderson played 66 games, and we'll see if he even completes another one in the series. That's true. I didn't expect to see Curls McElhaney. I'll say that. What a uh, start for the Bruins here in this series. 617-779-7937. They're up 2-0. Do you see any chance of the Leafs giving them trouble? Sounds like Freddie is a little nervous about some of the sloppy play. <laughs> In that game, but it was a seven to three house job, and I don't even know if you can. T- if you're a Toronto fan, do you really think you're sitting here saying, "Well, you know, we kind of outplayed no. them in the second period, and they were sloppy, no. and we can take"? There is none of that. They, no. you, they are just ready to the pounce bo- on this. Team. On the Boston side, we're allowed to say that because you don't want them to get uh, too big a heads. And on the Toronto side, I think they're getting ready for Blue Jay season. Let's face it; that's what that's not, the way things go. Not there. only that, this is like this is di- severely. If this series continues to yeah. go this way, this is damaging to the psyche of. Babcock has right. this young group that's coming along, and exactly. they're, they're going to... Well, they've been doing it all along. They need a big defenseman. I mean, what team has won or gone deep without an elite defenseman? They don't have that. They didn't get that at Almost the deadline. Almost Pittsburgh last year. Almost. Yeah. I would give them that. But that's a, that, to me, that's a special case. When you have Crosby, Malk, and Kessel, you can probably get away with things that other teams can't. Kessel, who was in Toronto at one point, and was <laughs> trashed repeatedly every exactly. time he touched the ice. But so, yes. you know, I think... Uh, at some point, you know, and a lot of a lot of general managers in this league are, are gun shy. We've seen it sometimes with Don Sweeney, although he's been more active than most. Um, you have a overwhelming number of high end forwards. You don't have a, a a number one D. You have to bite the bullet and make that trade. You know, don't do a Peter Shirelli and go trade your star winger for a uh, number four D there. But you know, you got to you got to you got to you got to invest if you don't have that one in the pipeline, and you're not going to go very far with uh, with Morgan Riley and Jake Gardner. And well, I rode down the elevator personally. Me and uh, uh, Lou Lamarillo last night. Oh, yeah. Cam Neely came in and gave him just kind of the old chuck of the shoulder. Boy, did Lamarillo look sick. He just yeah. looked green. Huh? Well, he always looks like that. Maybe so that's I don't just know how you can tell. I mean, He's the guy did live, the guy did work in New Jersey. He dated years. Lonnie Anderson at one point. He might have. All right, Sunday's Gate coming up, presented by Star Market. Ken Laird, Matt Calvin is here. We'll talk about some of the Bruins' young guys uh, a little bit and a tweet that Jack Edwards had. You mentioned Rick Nash. I am surprised by his performance through two games. Not like it's all-worldly, but we'll talk about that a little bit. And uh, more on this, uh, just the first, impre- I don't know, the first impressions. This Is the series over, or are we still in, uh, in store for a long one? 617-779-7937. This is Sunday's Gate, presented by Star Market on Sports Radio WEI. I hope the Bruins take a pro 
pilgrimage to the, the Hockey Hall of Fame and go to the great room and see that cup because that's what you're playing for and that's what you want. Eventually it can be galloped on now by Marshan who stops and got it to Bergeron and a save made by McElhenney. Almost outfaked himself and a turnover here and Marshan in on a breakaway. Just comment on the first line, both even strength and on the power play. Terrific and terrific. I don't think I can say anymore. <clears throat> I mean, you saw it, right? I mean, they, they were on tonight. Hard to play against. Really hard to play against, and they play a 200-foot game. You can talk about Bergen Martian at PK, too. All right, some highlights. Some uh, Bruce Cassidy after the game. Laird and Calman here on Sunday Skate after a... Beat down in game two, seven to three. The collective score now twelve to four in games one and two. The numbers historically, Matt, eighty-eight point seven percent teams that win they go up two on two oh in a series on home ice, go on to win the series. Good. Eighty six percent overall. You know, the, to think of Toronto winning four out of five right now just seems impossible. <laughs> Almost seems impossible. I'm I'm backing off. I said Leafs in seven. I'm, this looks like now Bruins in six. I do yeah. believe they'll win a game at Air Canada Center. They'll right. come back with Kadri's uh, return and and scrape out a game five win. Bruins close out in six. Yeah, probably Bruins in five. I'm thinking at this point. I mean, uh, this team seems to answer every challenge that's it, it's presented. I've never uh, I've never really seen this. I mean, in, you know, not to keep harkening back to the. The cup run, but maybe this is the closest we've come as far as a team that's resi- that literally is resilient every year. I would have said, except for the game eighty two, which was so bizarre. Yeah, eighty two. I mean, what's the difference at that point? What's the difference? You, I mean, at the time, it looked like Toronto was a very <laughs> difficult matchup in round yeah. one. Jersey was a laugher. Yeah, you know what? Sometimes you're allowed to have a, uh, I a guess. mulligan. I guess. I mean, they, they you they, are they if you hardly, win the series. But if they, they had hard, lost the series, they would have been crushed for that. They'd be guess. crushed but through history hard, for you that. You know what? I don't know. I mean, they hardly had any mulligans the whole season. I never saw a year like this. Even the games during that long point streak in the middle of the winter there. Yeah, like a couple losses to they, Buffalo or some weird Yeah, one, but, exactly. But, I mean, but nothing too bad. You're nothing, right. Nothing that was really embarrassing. Nothing where you said, oh, they were they were outplayed for 60 minutes. Well, um, and actually, if they go on to play Tampa in round two, it's totally flipped now. People will have, say right. they owned the Lightning in the right. regular season for the most Absolutely. part. Yep. And, and you're loving be, that matchup. Sure, definitely. I mean, again, it's a team that maybe uh, isn't this isn't. As physical at times. I mean, they, they have the ability to play physical. They have some heavy players, Kunitz and Callahan, guys like that. They have to come and uh, and show that commitment. And I haven't seen much of their Jersey series, but I assume uh, they're showing some of that at this point. And would they be intimidated facing the Bruins or not? I mean, people say this is a different Bruins team, but they just they do it differently. You know, they don't have guys putting you through the glass, but there's still a physicality there that can uh, put some pressure on teams and some, and some defense cores. And then kind of the only hit to use with the N-word narrative, but the narrative has been that's not what wins in the playoffs anymore. It's speed. And there was yeah. a little bit of a fear that the Bruins eventually would fall to that. Right. It's, Maybe uh, it still will happen, but uh, they've got a good blend right now, I would say. They not yeah, only t- absolutely. That's what this is about. I mean, it's not just about the one thing, and that, that goes back to the whole Donato thing, why he wasn't in the lineup. It's yes. because you can't just have every – you don't just put all of your fastest players. I mean, I won't even say your best players because I'm not going to even say that as an all-around player, Donato is in the top six or seven at this point, uh, 15 games into his NHL career. But uh, that's what it is. You have to balance your team out. You need to have – 
the Tommy Wingles and the Sean Corrales in there as much as you need to have the Danton Heinens and the Jake Debrus, and that's what uh, Bruce Cassidy sees, and that's how Sweeney's built this team and Cassidy's coached it. All right, well, get, let's get to the Stenato tweet from Jack Edwards. Which, oh, God. First of all, Jack and Brick were not on right. because NBC, yeah. you know. So if you're, if you're privileged like enough to Johnson be on the getting... Twitter, you actually got Jack Edwards' unfiltered thoughts while, right. while he's off the air. The things he would thinks when he's on the air, it doesn't say. These are things he tweets. Well, yes, but also it was just a bizarre, like, he's sitting obviously next to Brick and he's dictating every word <laughs> Brick says throughout the game. Where was this happening? They were at the <laughs> rink, obviously. That had to be like a surreal experience. Jack's got a laptop and everything Brick is saying, he's and dictating. I, and I the... think Jack's trying to monetize this. I think he wants to have like somebody hold a webcam up and, and show him watching the games. And If you're Brick, are you like, this This is embarrassing, Jack. Would you stop <laughs> tweeting everything I'm saying? Exactly. You have to be humiliated. I think I even, I think I even saw one point he tweeted out his, his dinner order by accident. <laughs> was that... Uh, it was very bizarre. Anyway, Edwards tweets at one point through a, a litany of tweets. It was a <laughs> diarrhea of tweets. Donato right back out there on his lines next turn. Don't know if that would have happened in previous regime. Cassidy gets young players to believe in themselves. Okay, so that's a little dig at right, close. First of all, that, Ryan Donato sat for about eight minutes of that game last night. He He didn't play in the third period until they went back up by four goals. So I don't know when the, the timing of the tweet he got, was. He got worked on the boards and right. before the Leafs' second goal. Right. So I and um, so I don't know if um, if that tweet was during that time or what it was. But yeah, it was. The, the narrative is that uh, let's face it: if the other coach was doing this, the old regime, as Jack called it, they, they'd yeah. be ripping on him right now for benching Donato. That's the, that's the narrative. Here. Would be. But you're not going to. I mean, that's the point here. That this. These guys are going to get out there, but let's face it: the, there were there were you can count on one hand in ten years how many times a, a player was benched, for, you know, a younger player was benched for a mistake. I mean, that narrative is dead, and I'm surprised. Well, they didn't have I'm any good young the players coming from, especially toward the end well, of close term. If you go back to the beginning, when you go with Lucic and Krejci and those guys when they're young, it was hardly ever happening. And then, like you say, the younger players. I mean, it's a big difference between having Jake DeBrusque and uh, Ryan Donato, and even if you want to count Pasternak in that group, or having uh, as I mentioned last night, Alexander Kokochev. Oh, man. <laughs> or whatever else they've, you know, Jonas Claude Julian had to work with the last couple of years. And Oh, gee, I just, said, I just said Claude Julian on the air. I'm sorry about that. I know that's another. No, we welcome it. In sports fact, radio bugaboo. Come on, you're, admit it. You were one of the guys when Claude got fired. You were like Absolutely. weeping, openly weeping. I was wrong, weeping. and I am, I am perfectly content to admit it. I don't think uh, this narrative that he's that he's lost the game is because Montreal stunk this year is necessarily uh, accurate when you consider the team that he was coaching, the team that has no centers and lost its aging number one defenseman for the year. Yeah, when they lost Weber, that was it. Exactly. But, you can stick a, you stuck a fork in them but, right there. But you can't deny the difference, cast the difference. Absolutely. The night and day Absolutely. Difference. And you know what? There was obviously a uh, a little bit of a tug, in, a pull in, a pull, you know, a tug of war there with, uh, with the management of who you wanted to play, but nonetheless... When you're a coach starting out and you have a lot of rope to go from the GM who clearly believes in you, you can play the young players. You can try to learn, you know, do some teaching. And when you're in your last days coaching and you're coaching for your life and trying to win, and you want to, you have to put the players that you trust out there. And it's a different scenario. And no, no doubt though, Bruce Cassidy's strategies, his philosophies on the game, the idea that everyone can score no matter what and no matter what the score, they never pack it in. That's part of what happened last night. They have that mentality to keep attacking, and so you get looser. And Toronto, that's obviously uh, it's resonated, and it's been the right move. Speaking of Cassidy, JP in North Providence wants to uh, go there. Sunday skate presented by Star Market. To the phones we go, 617-779-7937. Ken Laird and Matt Kalman in this morning. Hi, JP. 
Ken. Good morning. How are you? Doing great, Ken. It's nice to hear the free skate. You get to do whatever you want until you get back to work all all week long. Oh, I run this show. Last year... I could watch a hockey game against that stupid one-two-one Ottawa trap, <laughs> and there was more excitement between periods than during the games. Now, <laughs> Cassidy's got them scoring. Cassidy's got them skating. I give him credit, but the promise of the next round of not seeing Pittsburgh light us up with 14 goals and we can't score, or uh, trying to keep up with Ovechkin and Washington—it's exciting to see. I like that he's letting them skate. You know, in a year and a half, we've turned a whole. You know, last 10 years of not being able to put five goals in a series, never mind in a game. So this is amazing to see. I give Cassidy credit. Sweeney was taking a lot of grief when he first came as GM, and yep. it looks like it's it's paying off. It's amazing. That's definitely a Thanks, key. And right here, the, the, the plan that they stuck to, I think uh, they could have Let easily. What's that? Let them skate. Claude, Claude always came pregame and was like, we're not skating tonight. We're not letting you skate tonight. <laughs> Well, I, yeah, I used to see him hiding the skates in the uh, in the in the equipment room. But and, it is uh, obviously a much different uh, philosophy. Yeah, absolutely, it's a much different philosophy. You know, things come together. It's a different philosophy, and it's a much better talent. I mean, look at these, uh, look at the lines he's able to throw out there, and the guys he's able to play. And you know, I mean, well, real quick, Rick Nash, he had a goal last night. Yeah. He was very good early in game one, yeah. also. Yeah. And I didn't expect that. I, to, to be honest, I thought he would come back and be a problem because he hadn't played for so long, and we've we've seen Rick Nash disappear for big stretches in the playoffs. You're a big Nash fan, I can tell. You're, Rick Nash, you're I mean, about I, him last night. You know, the, this whole idea that he disappears in playoffs, it kind of scares me that people don't see the other things he does. I mean, the guy kills penalties. He's a monster. He looks like a giant trying to keep Puck away from little kids. It's amazing to see him play that. And I think, uh, you know, sometimes you've got to be cast in the right role. And I think here he's not being asked to carry the team. So that's definitely a benefit. And well, you, if they play the Lightning, Hedman and yep. McDonough will be a big. They'll, they'll right. like say they're going to shut down the top line. Right. But well, they've been Nash I is going to have to be big. I think the they've series. been split. Right. I think Hedman has been playing with Girardi. That's true. That's true. So that probably what uh, you'll probably have a matchup like that, and it'll be interesting to see if if John Cooper sticks with that to uh, to to try and shut down the Bruins' top two lines. Because let's face it, that second line has a chance to break out as much as the first line has the way uh, they've been going. Might as well look ahead to the next round. I think the series is yeah, never never too early. <laughs> Jay in Boston's up next on Sunday skate. Hi, Jay. Hey, boys, how you doing? Uh, Rick Nash, I, I think his name belongs on the cup. I hope he gets it there. Uh, I say this is a very likable team, the Bruins. They're a very lovable team. I, if you compare them to other past teams, I, 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 um, I'm, I'm shocked, though, that they're handling Toronto the way they are. I mean, Anderson was like 10 wins, one loss against them, you know, coming into this series. And so, uh, you know, I, I remember Harry Sindon saying famously, that you're never as bad as you look when you lose, and you're never as good as you look when you win. That's so I true. think you got to keep that in mind. Exactly. The way, the way they're playing, though, I mean, I don't even see in Washington now. I mean, the, <laughs> Washington's dominated more like 12 in a row, but right. the way the Bruins are playing, maybe they could crush Washington, too. Uh, it's those Western teams out there, you know, Nashville, Winnipeg, that maybe they meet in, in the, if they do get to the Stanley Cup championship round and play in the finals. Those teams probably can compete. They, the West seems stronger right. than the East, the, but the, I appreciate talking to you guys. I the, appreciate it. Thanks for watching. The biggest you. reason not to fear Washington is you can only face them in the third round, and they never get there. True. <laughs> uh, if they play, I, I I could see Philly beating Pittsburgh in round one. I could. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, which would be an interesting uh, Philly. You would, you would assume at some point Philadelphia will play Flyers hockey and start banging some heads. I haven't really seen that yet, and it's been a major bummer. Down seven nothing. They didn't start a line brawl. I thought they were the Flyers. Especially in a series with the Penguins, yeah. Exactly. But they did bounce back, unlike Toronto, and have some right. 
exactly. punch in game two. Absolutely. I mean, and you know what? Maybe that comes down to the leadership. I think Claude Giroux is uh, an amazing captain. I think he probably had a lot to do with that uh, that turnaround. And I think right now, uh, the Leafs leadership, I think, is 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 um, Austin Matthews using four letter expletives to describe uh, his situation and. Yeah, that, so that can't that can't resonate too well in a, in a locker room, I don't think. I didn't hear this audio last night, but this was the big clip now from Austin Matthews, who's you know he's supposed to be a leader. I know he's he's a young guy there, but he's he does wear the letter, right? Uh, is he alternators or is he? Yeah, actually, they don't have a captain. Okay, at this but point, he's still right. he's captain in waiting. Exactly. If nothing else, he's asked about. Right. He was asked kind of a, a a dirty question, which I like it. What do you think of uh, the Birds are on line having 20 points, basically? He, he was asked, have you ever imagined having zero points while the other line is dominated? <laughs> Which is awesome. <laughs> That's the Toronto media for you. Have you ever imagined having zero points while the other line owned you, Austin? And he responded, quote, belief happens, I guess. <laughs> so was it a bad question or a bad answer? I hope or they both? start selling those T-shirts in Toronto, you know, bleep happens. It's actually a great, a great question. question because yeah, this is like the two response. sides of the Toronto media coin. On the one hand, you got a great question like that, put the star player on the hot seat, you know. But the same the same attitude from the Toronto media, you know, throws Mark Savard under the bus for not returning phone calls while he's in a dark room for three years recovering from a concussion. But so, you know, you take the good with the bad with the Toronto media, I guess. But uh, I think Austin Matthews, you know, needs to maybe get with one of these uh, one of these media people that you know Chara is referring to, and maybe learn how to like you know. Re- you know, hold himself up to be a captain at this point. Yeah, that's, that's a pretty that's a pretty lame answer. Yeah, I don't think you get it. Up here, Maria in Watertown's up next. Hi, Maria. Hey guys, how are you? Excellent. Um, just a, a quick point on the Toronto Toronto media. They're a bunch of um, homers, I think. You know, the way they went after the Cadre suspension, even a couple of them intimating that it wasn't even really suspendable is just beyond um, beyond reasonable to me. But the, the main reason for my call is, and uh, forgive me if you've already discussed this, but um, Babcock is going to have the last change at home. Yep. And so that will afford him the opportunity to do a little bit of line mat- matching up. Do you think there is any potential of splitting up Chara and McAvoy, so that one of those guys is always on the ice when um, Austin Matthews' line is out there because um, that that worries me going into these games in Toronto. And the other thing that worries me is their uh, power play. The Bruins need to stay out of the box because if that power play gets going for Toronto, um, the Bees could find themselves in a little bit of, of trouble because it it's 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 pretty darn good. It's pretty darn good. So. Um, I'd like to see them have a little bit more discipline, stay out of the box, and then um, if you guys could talk about maybe any potential matchups, that'd be great. Thanks. Thanks, Maria. I thought the, I thought the discipline was much better last night. They had I a Rick Nash high stick. Have a problem with it. Yeah. They had uh, Grizzly got, got a hook. Got a hook. Yeah, yeah, that wasn't a big deal, and yeah, that was on a uh, a one on two. They were splitting the D there, and uh, was that it? They were over two. Yeah, Pasta had the interference oh, yeah. on uh, on Nylander at one point. Krejci holding when the game was. Garbage well, time. No, they were so one for four. Really really all said and done. I yeah, mean, I mean, yeah. well, exactly. Well, the Leafs' power play needs to be a factor for yeah. them to win this series. So, yeah. that's a, and the uh, the McAvoy Char thing, you know, the the attitude here that that's that's that would be the sign of a desperate team. There's no desperation here, obviously, to do things like that. I think you're going to see a lot of Bergeron against uh, Matthews, and you're going to see probably Krug and Miller with that group. You know, they'll, you they'll, will they'll because I, what I would think. Matthews, they're going to get him well, away from in Bergeron. Situ- in situations yeah. where they know that Matthews is going to be on the ice. I mean, you can anticipate when, when Cap- Bobcat's going to come with that. And I think 
Uh, it'll be kind of a five-man unit with Krug and Miller against that, and you'll have, especially if uh, Nylander and Matthews are split, you'll have uh, which it Chara looks like they've done. They've split up. Group. William exactly. Nylander's now their center right. for line. So two. you'll have. You, you, I mean, let's face it. Uh, Charles McAvoy is a great pair. Krug and Miller have potential to be a uh, a high-end number two pair, and uh, they're going to have to. You know, it's more about the forwards too. Let's face it. If if Patrice Bergeron's line is out there, they don't really worry too much about the defense. If you're Toronto, to be honest, I mean, they need all three lines to. You almost can't even worry about matching right. up so much with Bergeron. Right. They're they're exactly. going to get their points. You just they have to score. They right. got they got to roll three lines. Yeah, and, and you know what success. too. And we we know we know it at this point. Bruce Cassidy's not worried about getting any of his four lines out there against anybody. I mean, and you look at the balance of these lines at this point. Even with the fact that the, the three best offensive players are together, there's uh you know, they're all responsible lines. That's for sure. I mean, you got a line that's pretty much runs through Backus. You got a line that runs through Krejci. A, a line that runs through Corrali and. They all uh, they all had to play take care of their own ends, so that's not too much of a concern for me. All right, Sunday skate uh, put some finishing touches on at top of the hour. We get over to Fenway Park where it will be uh, uh, delicate today. Whether they get this game in, I guess with some uh, ice ice rain snow in the forecast today, we'll see. Brad Vovalani and uh, Tom, um, not Tomasi Drellick are standing by. They're on for four hours. <laughs> We're leading up to pregame nine to twelve twenty. I'll get it right. Uh, we got some more hockey talk to come. Join us at 617-779-7937. Ken Laird and Matt Kalman making his Sunday Skate debut, presented by Star Market here on Sports Radio WEI. Sunday Skate with Ken Laird and Matt Kalman, presented by Star Market on WEI. Yeah, I mean, they're... Uh the best line in hockey, you know, for a reason. They do things uh, 200 feet, you know, in the D zone, and it uh, translates into offense for them, and then they, they hound the puck like no one I've seen. So uh, they're great four-checkers, and um, everyone brings something to the table. So it's definitely tough uh, to defend them, and then they're your best defensive players as well. Tori Krug, who gets way overshadowed, way overshadowed by uh, the six-point night from David Posternak last night. But uh, Krug was, I'd say, delivered here as well. Uh, four assists, um for Krug, uh, three assists. I think. Three assists last yeah. night, but in the series thus far, uh, five points through two games, right. and has been—I uh, don't want to say—more um, visible than McAvoy as a, an offensive jump starter in the series. But yeah, the points are showing up. Right, for him. It's, it's that first power play. They've been pretty, uh, pretty solid, pretty electric so far, and so uh, that's where Tory Krug gets his points and. The important thing with Tory Krug is that he keeps defending, and he's been uh, doing pretty well. He got caught up iced at one time on the. Uh, the breakaway that hit the post—that was a huge turning point in the right. game. But, it was. Uh, you know, you take that when you're when you're dealing with Tory Krug, you take that because uh, you know most of the time he's going to hustle back and break that play up and uh, just make sure he keeps uh, the puck from getting deep in the Boston zone. Well, uh, as we put some finishing thoughts on this, spin it ahead to Game Three here at Air Canada Center. We talked yeah. about you know some of the switches I guess that the Leafs can make, but right. are the Leafs going to get booed when they take the ice, or will that place be... I, mean, I, I expected it to yeah. be a tough place to yeah, go. I don't, I don't think, know. I don't think they get booed on the ice. I don't think that really happens anymore as soon as they get it out doesn't? there. After this not, performance? Not, not, not at the outset. I think people are going to be waving towels. You know, it's a lot of... Uh, when you get in the playoffs and the ticket price is triple, you've got a lot of the corporate types. They, they don't boo. So, uh, you know, they they got... By the time they get done with their sushi... If the Leafs are down two nothing in five minutes, then uh, then you'll hear some boos probably. But I don't I don't anticipate a uh, an ugly return home at this point. I don't know why there's not uh, drastic changes. They don't have that many like cards yeah. to play. Like right. they've already yeah. switched lines up. Right. People are talking Matt Martin might get in there. I don't know how long he if he has uh, anything going. And uh, Dominic Moore is available. Clearly, might be a better option than Thomas Bukanich, but. 
yeah, there's not there's no uh, Charlie McAvoy coming to save the day for them this year like the uh, the Bruins had last year, and uh, that bodes well for the Bruins. You know, when your when your second line center takes a dumb penalty and takes a suspension, this is what uh, happens. And well, I thought one of the edges that Toronto had in the series was they you know lines one through three they had the advantage, but after watching Van Riemsdyk and Bozak, even though uh, they scored last night, yeah. Um, I, they're in their last year of their contract for a re, for a reason. Probably they're <laughs> right. probably going to be moving on. I mean, Red yeah. Reeves likes young still. He's twenty eight. Yeah, yeah but, and he had an amazing regular season, and he's going to be uh, cashing in big time this summer. But he uh, will. And on the power play, he's good. Right, but he's keeping quiet in this series. But yeah, very I think, quiet. Uh, when you give the edge right now, lines one through three to Boston. Oh, yeah. obviously, lines one through four at this point. I mean, the Bucanich. But even forget about exactly. just just now, yeah. just talent wise right. on paper. But I would have given the top two lines to Boston in the first place. I think. Um, Especially with Rick Nash coming back. I mean, the Rick Nash, I wasn't too worried about Rick Nash being rusty. Rick Nash has been injured before. He knows how to come back. He knows the right time to come back. If it had been earlier in the season, he would have come back uh, sooner. He waited to the playoffs, which is probably the right move. Big atmosphere at, at uh, the Garden last night, though. Not only Joe Kelly. You had yeah. Andrew Ferentz yeah. waving towels. You had Dombrowski, Dante Hightower, all the A-listers. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe Andrew Ferentz didn't uh, give us his famous salute. He was waving a towel, but if you remember, his uh, his great moment was... The one finger salute in Montreal. So <laughs> well, he's working for he the league now. He's got to be. Yeah, exactly. He's got to be more couth, I guess. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was great to see him. I'm sure uh, some of the Bruins uh, who have been here with him and some of the dinner probably saw him up there and probably were pretty impressed to see. Uh, you know, a lot of times people forget the Bruins actually have legends that didn't play in '70 and '72, or you know, it's or didn't play for the Lunch Pail AC. There, the there, there, is, there is Bruins history between 1980 and 2011 that doesn't get acknowledged around here. But uh, you know, Andrew Ferrance, one of those guys that. We'll always get uh, a huge ovation here. All right, Matt, good job. If uh, the Bruins have a Game 5 next Saturday, right? unclear at this point, we'll be on, well, either way, we'll be on next Sunday to uh, talk about looking ahead to Series 2, or I have a feeling, though, there will be a Game 5. So, we'll, so we'll you're saying I did a good it. job, Ken? I was good rookie, good good debut I think performer. you were excellent. Do you I think, think we, I was terrible. Do you think we beat Breakfast with the Beatles? Is that our competition? Uh, we have a lot of competition. Okay, because I, I was going to sing Love Me Do if we had to, but... Uh, I think we just quit while we're ahead, if All you don't right. mind. But Volani, Bradfoe, and Drellick are coming up 9 until pregame, 12-20, at Fenway. They're at the Centerfield Studios. They're tough. They're rugged. They're going to respond, unlike Toronto. And those guys will be uh, weighing in on all the uh, a pretty big weekend for uh, Boston sports in general. And the Celtics uh, kick it up today, and the Red Sox keep rolling. So talk to you next Sunday morning, and uh, we'll uh, get this up on the podcast app for those who are, who are just waking up. The uh, Bruins right now rolling 12-4, to cumulative score in games 1 and 2, a 7-3 to beatdown of the Leafs last night. You are listening to Sunday Skate presented by Star Market here on Sports Radio, WEI.